You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Listen, James uh, chapter 1 verse 3 says this. It says, for you know, you know, you're supposed to know this. We're all supposed to know this. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection, which is maturity, into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. What a promise of God. We've been talking about spiritual momentum. Spiritual momentum. And the more we trust God and step out in faith, the stronger our faith gets. That's what he's saying. The more our faith is tested, the stronger our faith gets. So the more we step out in faith, the stronger our faith is going to get. How is that? We're going to learn. We're going to learn what works, what doesn't work. We're going we're to learn when to step out, when to wait on God. We're just going to learn. It's a learning process. You know, people don't realize in God's sovereignty, he, he has chosen, he's called us his children. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, you're, everybody's in a different phase here, but some of you will understand this, uh, uh, some of those that are older like me, that you eventually want your children to leave. <laughs> Not like leave forever. Not like leave for good. You want them to come back and visit, and you want to go see them, but you eventually want them to move off your payroll <laughs> and out of your house. You just do. And you want them to grow up where you're not having to make every decision for them. When they're little, when they're little, you have to, when they're babies, you dress them, you burp them, you feed them, you wipe them. Everything is up to you. And then as they get a little older, you're like, man, can you put your shirt on? Can you go put some shorts on? Can you, you teach them how to tie their shoes and put their shoes on? And there's a purpose behind that. You, not only do you want them to, to, uh, Learn so you're not doing it the rest of their life, but you want them to grow. To grow. Man, I tell you, I had some. Is anybody else here? I hope it's not just me. Oh my goodness, I'm stepping out in faith right here. I had trouble learning to tie my shoes. I feel so much better about myself right now. (laughs) But I had trouble learning how to tie my shoes. It meant, guys, I was an athlete. I could hit a baseball. I could throw a football. I could shoot a bat. I could do all kinds of stuff athletically. Couldn't tie my stinking shoes. And I would beat them up. I'd be in my room trying to tie them, and I'd punch them. I'd be so mad, I'd throw them against the wall like, dead gum shoes, like it was their fault. I'm serious. It would infuriate me not, not learning how to do that. But eventually, I just kept on doing it until I learned how to tie my shoes. So that my mom didn't always have to tie my shoes. You know, and, and my mom let me sit in my room and practice on my own learning how to tie my shoes. What's my point? Here's my point. God does not want robots. 
He wants, he talks about maturity all the time. When you see him talking about perfection in the word, he's talking about maturity when it comes. When it comes to him, he's talking about perfection. When it comes to us, he's talking about maturity. He wants us to grow up. So for a while, he'll do a lot for you. After a while, he's like, come on. You need to believe. You need to pray. You need to speak. You need to grow. You need to step out in faith. You need to learn when to go, when to not go. You, you, You know, and how you learn is you step out in faith. And you learn. You learn a lot when you step out in faith. What do you mean step out in faith? Well, when, you, when you're believing God for something and you step out, like you start acting like it's true. You step out in faith. And what did he say right there? When your faith is tested, you grow. You learn endurance. And as you, as you learn faith and endurance, faith and patience, The Bible says, through faith and patience, you inherit all the promises of God. He said, when you learn faith and patience, endurance, he said, you will mature, you will grow, and you will learn. He doesn't want to tell you one, two, three, four, five. He wants to say, hey, uh, what do you want to do here? How do you want to do this? How are you going to handle this? Just like a parent. And he's the perfect parent. He's not like us. We can make mistakes in our judgment and our discernment. He doesn't make mistakes in his judgment or discernment. He wants us to grow up so he doesn't have to tell us everything to do. Even though I know, I hope like many of you, I've prayed, God, just, just make me, show me, tell me. Just make me. I'll be a robot. I just, you know, just tell me what to do. And a lot of times he won't even speak to me. Like He'll just say, uh, you'll figure it out. Come on. Keep stepping. Wake up tomorrow, keep going, because I'm maturing you. I don't want to do it all for you. I don't want to be picking out my kids' shirts and shoes and socks and putting them on them when they're 20. And sometimes we, because a lot of people won't step out in faith, they won't step out in faith, you're not maturing. You're not maturing. You're not growing because you're not stepping out. Sometimes you just got to step out. You got to step out in faith and you'll mature and grow. Well, how do I do that? Man, there's so many ways. Uh, you know, I've taught people for years that uh, because I was taught this uh, uh, 38, 40 years ago that, man, a lot of people want to believe to be healed from great things and yet they run to the medicine cabinet over the littlest things can't believe God to heal you from a headache, but you'll believe God that now all of a sudden something serious happens. You've got to believe God for that, but you've never even believed for a headache or anything else. And I'm not saying putting your life in jeopardy, but, man, it's usually not your life in jeopardy if you have a headache. Or maybe you have allergies, and, man, you run to the medicine all the time instead of saying, you know what, I might take some medication, but I'm going to start speaking the word to that, and I'm going to get off of that. Or I'm going to go up for prayer. I'm going to get prayer, man. I'm going to believe God to be healed from this. You know, and start taking some steps of faith, you know, and and that's just physical healing. What about financial? I'm going to step out in faith and tithe. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm already tithing. I'm going to step out in faith and give a little bit more. I'm going to sow into this ministry, and I'm going to do this. I mean, you just keep stepping out in faith. Health, finances, relationships. You keep stepping out in faith. Jobs, circumstances, situations. You're like, man, this mountain's speaking to me. I better speak back. 
Here's another way you can step out in faith. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I've taught on this so many times, but I was reminded of it again today, and I thought, you know what? I need to say something. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23. Jesus had cursed the fig tree, and man, it's so funny. I, I heard someone talking about this today, and this is the scripture that Julie and I are standing on for health uh, reasons. And so it's just crazy. It's like confirmation constantly comes to me. And it, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. What's the faith of God? God believes that what he says will come to pass. Amen. That's the faith of God. What did he do in Genesis? And God said, let there be light. And there was. He believes that whatever he says will come to pass. So that's what he's talking about. He said, listen, God's a faith God. He operates by faith every day and in every way. Every day and every way, God is a faith God. Can you imagine God spoke the universe into existence, I don't know how many millennial ago, and yet he still has the faith to believe that the word he spoke over the universe is sustaining it today. That's a faith God. He spoke a word and the earth is in perfect rotation around the sun. He spoke a word and, man, I mean, the sun doesn't explode and blow us all up. I mean, I, the universe just exists and expands and is growing and constantly functioning. And mathematical equations at the, uh, beyond our capability to understand are taking place. And God spoke that into existence. And he has the faith to believe, not only to speak it, that it exists, but that it will maintain. The Bible says he upholds the whole world by the word by the word. That's, that's what he's talking about. He's like, God's a faith God, and I expect you to live by faith. He says, the just shall live by, shall walk by. Live by, walk by, that means every day we should be walking by faith. So he, he challenges us here. He says, man, you need to let the faith of God be in you. And it's an explanation point in my Bible because Jesus is saying this with, with passion. He's saying it with passion and compassion and with almost a rebuke, a word of correction. And he says, listen to the truth I speak to you. This is the truth, not a truth, the truth. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it might be done. 50-50. You got 50-50 shot. <laughs> Lucky number seven. I-9. If I just get I-9, I can finish my bingo card and God will move for me. He said it will be done. If there's anybody that believes that. Listen. We spend a lot of time letting our mountains speak to us and, and speaking back to the mountain, but we're not speaking God's word to it. We're speaking to it, making it back bigger. We make the mountain bigger. We magnify the mountain instead of magnifying the word of God. The word magnify means it's like a magnifying glass. Like you're focusing on it and you're making it bigger and bigger than it really is. 
And so a lot of times, this is how you can walk in faith. A lot of times when situations arise, we'll start complaining to the mountain. We'll start talking about the mountain. We'll talk about it and about it and about it and about it. We'll call our mama and tell our mom, mom, can you believe? We'll call, we'll call our best friend. We'll talk to everybody at work about it. I mean, we tell everybody. And that, that thing just gets magnified and magnified and bigger and bigger and bigger. God said, don't talk about the mountain. Don't complain to the mountain. Don't, don't uh, speak fear to the mountain. Don't speak worry to the mountain. He said, speak faith to the mountain. He said, speak faith to the mountain. Speak his word to the mountain. There's only one word he said he watches over to make sure it performs, and it performs every single time. And that's his word, not your word, not my word, his word. When you speak his word to the mountain, you're stepping out in faith saying, you know what, I see that mountain, but I'm not gonna magnify you by complaining, by being fearful, by speaking my worries. I'm not gonna speak about the mountain to everybody. I'm not calling everybody to dial up and talk and complain and talk, you know, woe is me. And I'm not doing any of that. I'm gonna start speaking to that mountain in the name of Jesus. God's word says that by his stripes I'm healed. God's word says he provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. God says that what man is, is impossible for man is possible for God. The impossible doesn't apply to me. Mountain, it looks impossible. You look impossible, but guess what? God said you're not impossible. In the name of Jesus, move. So we got to begin to speak to those mountains the word of God instead of speaking about those mountains and magnifying them and making them bigger. The Bible teaches us you want to get spiritual momentum? The Bible teaches us that the tongue is the littlest member, but, can, but is like a match in dry, could light the whole forest on fire. He said it can light your whole life on fire, the tongue, the tongue. Proverbs says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who eat of it, eat it, will, uh, will, it will produce the fruit that you speak. You'll eat of what you say. Otherwise, you'll live with what you say. He said, there's that much power in the tongue. And God says right here, oh, he says right here, uh, listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone, what, what's that next word? Says, speaks to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain being lifted up and thrown in the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. He's saying there is so much power in words. Why? Because God uses words. And he said, let there be light. And he said, let the oceans teem with life. And he said, you know, animals be. And he said, universe be. And he, he created everything with the word. Jesus was created with the word. You know what word created Jesus? When Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word, God. Right then, I think she got pregnant. She got right there because she said, I agree with your word. And his word came to pass in her that she would be a virgin and have a baby. Jesus is the word made flesh. What did Jesus always do? Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. When Satan tempted him, what did he do? Speak the word. When, when the storms rose up and tried to drown everybody, what did he do? Speak the word. Man, he spoke to it. When demons rose up, he spoke to it. When sickness and disease existed, he spoke to it. 
There's power in our words. Power in our words. So, one of the ways you can create spiritual momentum is to start stepping out in faith and begin to speak God's word, begin to operate according to the word, and step out in faith and believe God for him to move in your life and to move mountains out of your life. Does that excuse us from having to do anything else? No. we got to do everything we know to do. It's a partnership. We have a partnership with God. God said we're co-laborers. So we have a part to play, and he has a part to play. But we have to do our part too. Someone say amen. amen. And the more you step out in faith, oh, man, uh, the more you step out in faith, the stronger you get. So the next time faith is required, it will already be there. Amen. You won't have to build up to it. It'll just be there. I don't know how many times Julie and I face things our, our elders in our church, we face things. And man, the faith was already there. Because we faced many things and stepped out in faith in other things that God strengthened in our faith and our endurance. And man, so when stuff would rise, the faith was already there to say, hey, hold on a second. This is what God's word says, let's stand. Time and time again, Julie's done that. Julie and I have done that. And God has just stretched our faith. Uh, man, it's, I always say it, it's like a rubber band, man. It's like you, you get stretched. Certain things come in your life that stretch you so far that, man, you're out here. And then when something happens right here and other people say, oh, my gosh, I'm freaking out. You're like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah. You don't know what I've already been through, what I, already, what I had already believed God for. And that faith is already there. It's already ready for you. It's like, it's like uh, running a marathon. When you've trained, it's already, the endurance is already there. Your confidence is already there. Why? Because you've already done it. You've already been there. If you're a marathon runner and someone asks you to run a 5K, that's like, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. I, 5K, golly, I run 26. I'm just going to go, 5K is nothing. I can run that 5K. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll win the race. I'm so in shape. I mean, that's how, that's how faith works. It's the exact same way that when you step out in faith in marriage, you step out in faith with your kids, you step out in faith and believe God for things to happen in your life that he promised to have happen. When you step out in faith, man, he'll build your strength. And when the next, each time you step out in faith, you learn, you grow, you mature. You learn what to do, what not to do. You learn all these life lessons. And the next time you need it, it's already waiting. You're like... Oh, bring it on. This is nothing. And that's how, that's how you create spiritual mo momentum. In the power, in the purpose, in the peace that we experience when we walk in faith becomes our friend. We want to experience, we get addicted to it. We want to experience the power, presence, and purpose of God, the peace of God constantly. You get it. It's, it's like, come on, I want more of that. I want more of that, God. I want more of that, of your power, your presence, or your purpose and your peace in my life. I want more of it and more of it and more of it. And the more you experience, the more you want to experience the more you experience God's love and kindness and mercy, the more we know that we want more of his kindness, his love, and his mercy. 
and we want others to experience it. Not just us. We, the more we experience, the more we're like, oh, man. Oh, I don't know how many times I've, I've laid on my face and prayed for people because I've, I've gotten in a situation. They're in situations, and, man, they're, they're in fear. They're in doubt. They're in unbelief, and they're in trouble. And, man, I could tell, man, their faith is down here, and they're, they're hurt, and they're defeated. And, I, I mean, I'll go home and pray, God, I'll pray for them. I'll intercede for them. I'll lift them up to the Father, and I'll, and I'll try to stir them up. Man, but there's times I'm like, oh, they just won't get up. They just won't get it. They don't, they don't want to speak it. They don't want to do it. They, and, oh, it grieves my heart. I want everybody in this room, every family member, I want your children to lay hands on you and believe God to heal you. I, we want our teenagers to believe God for big things because we serve a big God. I want everyone in this church to operate by spirit of faith. Everyone. But I can't give you my faith. And you can't give me your faith. We can encourage each other. We can share our faith, but I can't give it to you and you can't give it to me. That's something we got to walk in ourselves. That's something we got to step out and do on our own. On our own. We got to step out and do it and say, I'm going to believe God's word. Well, pastor, I stepped out in faith and I failed. What did you, you need to go back and say, God, teach me. Why did, why did this not work? Why did this, why did this not happen? And you know what? I've no, this is the thing I know about God. Sometimes he'll tell you and sometimes he won't. But I trust him no matter what. I'm like, if you're not telling me, then there's a reason. To, I, then I don't need to know. Amen. We're like the CIA, man. We're on a need-to-know basis from the Father. Amen. And so there's just certain things we don't need to know. We know that from the Word. John saw things, the great who wrote Revelations. God showed John stuff and said, don't. He, the angel said, don't write that down. Don't, don't, don't write any of that down. John's like, okay. I mean, the Bible says, ears not heard and eyes not seen what God has prepared for those who love him. There's stuff he hadn't shown us. There's stuff you don't need to know, but there's no problem with you going to God with a right heart, not angry, not, not mistrustful, not in doubt, but say, God, I don't understand this. Teach me. Why did this not work and why has this not happened? I'll be honest with you. 90% of the time, this is what he's gonna say to you. Your motive's not right. If you pray according to his word, if you pray, not according to your word, what you want, but a promise he has made, most of the time he's going to deal with your motive and say, man, your motive's not right here. You want to tithe so you can be rich and be a big shot instead of tithing to be a giver and honor me and sow and be generous to your family and those around you and make a difference in my kingdom. See, God will deal with motives. Nine times out of ten, that's what he's going to talk about. And he'll refine your motives. What do you mean by that? He'll just begin to refine your motives. And he'll, he'll start teaching you, hey, man, you're doing that for yourself, and I really want you to learn to really do that for other people and really have that kind of mindset, other people mindset. And genuinely feel that way and genuinely want something good to happen to them and, and, and you don't have to be involved. You know, have you ever been around people that, man, every time something good comes up, they want a piece of it? They always think about themselves like, oh, oh, that happened for you? Oh, can I get in on that? 
You know, can I? I mean, they're just always taking, always wanting something, always wanting to be involved in that. Instead of just celebrating and letting God open doors, they always want to wiggle their way in or get in or, or take advantage of the situation and get involved and get a piece of that and a piece of that. Instead of just celebrating and believing God for themselves. They want to manipulate their way through circumstances. Listen, God will check your motives. And that's a good thing, too, because when you step out and when your faith is tested, you start to experience endurance. You start to, the Bible says, perfection. You start to mature and go, okay, God, I get it. My motive wasn't right there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Lord, because he's always right. I've learned that a long time ago. He's always right. And most of the time when he asks you questions, don't try to respond. Respond this way. God, what do you think the answer to that question is? Because when you try to respond, it's usually not, it's usually not the right response. But you just allow God to speak to you and show you your own heart, your own motives. And that's how each time you step out in faith, he'll say, man, I want you to learn this. I want you to do this for my glory. I want you to do this for my kingdom. You know, a lot of times uh, people, they say they're honoring the Lord, but they want to make their name famous, not God's name famous. Listen, I don't want Troy Smotherman's name or Church on the Move's name to be famous. I want Jesus' name to be famous. If it comes through us, then praise God. Man, that's awesome. We want him to be famous. And, and those are the kind of things he'll deal with you. The more you step out in faith and the, the more your faith is tested, the more, you know, it's a test. So he's testing your faith. And what does he say? You have not because you ask not or you have not because you ask with a wrong motive. So sometimes you'll take a step out in faith here and God will go, oh, man. You're like, What? I did it, Lord. He said, I wanted you to do this. And you did this. Man, you missed it. And I've learned from that too. You know, there's a story in the Bible about that. A prophet came to a man and, and said, hey, man, uh, however many times you tell me to strike this arrow, your enemies will be defeated. I can't remember the number. But he struck the arrows, and the guy said, okay, that's enough, stop. And the prophet said, okay, you're going to get a limited victory. He said, you should have never told me to stop. He rebukes the king. You should have told me to keep pounding this until they were ashes. You should have told me to keep going and going and going and going and going. But because you didn't, because you did this, instead of that, it's not, it's not going to be the victory you wanted. See, those are the things you learn along the way. I've done that. I've stepped here and was proud of myself. Man, God stepped out in faith. This is good. And then after it's all, <coughs> excuse me, after it's all said and done, um, it's like, God's like, man, Troy. And I'll see it. I'm like, oh, did I miss that, Lord? Oh, yes, you did, son. <laughs> oh, man, I wanted, you, I put, and you know what's sad is? I have, I, I heard it. I knew, I'm like, oh, I knew I should have did this. I knew it. You told me, and I still, I hedged my bets. My faith wasn't strong enough to leap out there. And I'm going to tell you, when you miss those moments, take it from personal experience, it's a while before you get another shot at that. 
It will come back around, but it'll be a while. It might be years before you get another shot to take a leap instead of a step. But it's okay. All that time he's preparing you, and you know what he's building inside of you by making you wait for another shot at that? Oh, you, you're going <laughs> to... Next time you get that shot, you're going to go, oh, I see it. Man, I'm jumping and jumping and jumping. I'm going is this okay, God? And then he goes, that was too far. I told you to stop right here. I mean, you learn lessons. You just learn, you know, it's funny, but you learn lessons along the way. The more your faith is tested, James 1.3 said, the more your faith is tested, the more endurance you build up, and the more endurance you build up, the more mature you get in faith. The more mature you get. Man, if you want to create spiritual momentum in your life, then you've got to begin to step out in faith and start maturing in your faith. Start maturing. Then you get addicted to it. I'm serious. It's a great thing to be addicted to, the love, mercy, and kindness of God. It's a great thing to be addicted to, the purpose and peace, power of God. Man, then you just want it more. Then you're, 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 he said, you ask and, and you'll receive. You seek and you'll find. You'll knock and you'll be, the door will be open. You're like, I'm asking every day, God. I'm seeking every day and I'm knocking. I'm knocking with both hands now. I want, I want more and more and more. And he's, a, he's the heavenly father that said, you want some more? I'll give you some more. And, I, and I, because I know you, I know exactly how much to give you. Amen. Next. Where it won't ruin you, it'll bless you. Amen. He said, I'll never give you more than you can handle. A lot of people think that only it pertains to trouble. That pertains to every aspect of your life. I didn't give my kids, I let my kids drive around my yard and drive my car when they were four and five, six, seven years old. But I didn't, I, they sat on my lap and I controlled the pedals. I didn't just say after a couple of rounds of that, because they were pretty proud of themselves, you know, they, you always think that you steer a car like that when you're a little kid, you know. And so after a couple of rounds of that, I didn't say, you know what, you've had a couple of driving lessons, here's the keys. Go pick up a couple of your kindergarten buddies and have a good time. <laughs> I didn't say that. Right? You don't give them the car keys. Because they can drive a cozy coupe doesn't mean they can drive your coupe. They might even be good at one of them electric cars. And a lot of times they think because they're good at that, they can drive a real car. Well, the rules are different when you're driving around the driveway anywhere you want to as opposed to rules of the road. Julie didn't even want to let our 15-year-olds drive. I don't even know if she wants them driving now in their 20s. If the kids are listening, you know that's true. But eventually, you give them the keys to the car, and you say, okay, you can do this, you can do this. And guys, it's a process. It's a process. But let me, let me tell you this. I know, kids, I know some young people don't want to drive. Like, I don't want to get a license. They're not excited about it. Man, that, that's just so foreign to my thought. I couldn't wait to get my driver's license and get out of Dodge, man. Get out of the house and get going, get moving, you know. It's tired of riding a bicycle. <laughs> Wearing out shoe leather, man, I want to get a car. I didn't care what it looked like, and my parents didn't either. That's the ugliest looking pea green car you've ever seen, but I liked it. 
I liked it. I was happy I had it. Woo, yeah, come on. I can fit 50 people in this car. This is a boat. And I, I put as many people as I possibly could because we didn't even wear seatbelts back then. But if you never get a drive, if you never start driving, if you never start moving, then your faith is never going to be tested and you're not going to mature. And you wonder why someone that's 18 has more faith than someone that's 35. Or someone that's 35 has more faith than someone that's been in the church and they're 85. They're wondering, you wonder why sometimes your, your, your sister or your brother who you brought to church, who got saved, is surpassing you in faith. And you're like, man, how the hell was? I'm the one who brought, I brought you. You got saved because of me. I'm, what's up? And they're like, what's up is, man, I like this faith stuff. I love this. I love our God. I love our Father. He wants me to, he wants me to keep stepping out in faith so I'm going to be tested, so I can build endurance, so I can mature, and I'm just going to keep on doing it. Man, whether I fall or not, I'm going to keep on doing it because I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he keeps getting back up and getting back up. I watched Rocky today. I watched it today. On purpose. The original Rocky. I watched it today because it's one of my favorite movies, man. I like Rocky, man. Rocky, old Rocky Balboa just keeps getting up and getting up. He takes a beating. I mean, his face is beat off and he's still, you know. I like it. I like the story behind it. I like the spirit uh, behind it of always rising up, always getting back up, always stepping out again, and always trying another time. And So, man, if you've been down, get up. Get up. Step out again. Ask God, teach me, what I, teach me about this. Teach me lessons along the way, Father. Show me what I did right. Show me what I did wrong. He's a father. He'll tell you if you'll ask. He'll tell you. He'll say, man, you turned left when you should have turned right. And, you'll, and a lot of times you'll say, man, I, I, I kind of thought I should have turned right. And what he'll do is he'll also teach you his own voice. You're like, man, I, I wasn't sure that was you. He goes, well, you're sure now. Learn. Learn from those, those moments and those when your faith is tested. Learn. Grow from them. Don't let it defeat you. It's a process. Let it encourage you to keep going. Create that spiritual momentum in your life. Listen, every eye closed, here and online, I just want you to consider your life. Wow. I'm going to speak for the, a bunch of people in this room, and some online too. I don't, I don't know how to live without Jesus. I don't know how to live without faith and hope and love. I don't know how to live without it. And not my faith, not my hope, my, my love, not man's hope, faith, and love, but God's faith, hope, and love. I don't know how to live without it anymore, and I don't want to live without it, either one. But I had to get to a place where I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't navigate these wa this waters of life by myself. I just couldn't do it. I, no matter how successful I was or how many times I failed, and it just, 
I, did, I did, wasn't learning. I wasn't growing. It just didn't ever seem like enough. It always seemed like there had to be this and that and another thing, and it was complicated, and I, I messed up so many good things, and I'm like, golly, there's got to be something better. Maybe that's where you're at. And you could be up and out. That means you could be successful at a lot of levels, but you still know on the inside there's something missing, something wrong, and you know it. What you thought would satisfy you hasn't. Or maybe you're down and out. You've made horrible decisions for your life, and you're like, man, hopefully tonight you've hit rock bottom, and you just said, man, there's no place else to go. I can't get any lower. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. The Lord of heaven, the King of heaven, what we just sang about, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord means master, ruler. And he's never going to make you do that. He's never going to make you serve him. He's never going to make you love him. He just offers the gift. It's a gift to receive his lordship. It's a gift to receive his leadership. It's a gift to have him lead, guide, and direct your life. It's a gift to be able to find out your purpose of why you were created in the first place. It's a gift he offers you. It's a gift he offers you to forgive you of your sins, just like he forgives me and has of my sins. It's a gift. Heaven's a gift. Forever living in heaven is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And he's offering it to you right now. The question is, will you receive the gift? So whether you're down and out, you know something's missing. That's how I or up and out. That's how I was. And you know something's missing. It's God. It's your creator. It's your father. It's Jesus. It's his lordship. It's his love. It's his forgiveness. It's his mercy in your life. It's his hope in your life. His wisdom. And if that's you and you've never prayed, we want to pray with you. Whether online or here, we want to pray with you right now. Whether you're watching this live or you're watching this on Sunday online, we want to pray with you right now. This is your moment. This is your time. God's reaching out to you, saying, please take the gift. I've I've died to give you. I love you. He loves us. He loved me when I was his enemy, and he loves you too. And he'll receive you just the way you are, but he will not leave you the way you are. He won't. He will not. He'll change you for the good. For the good. For your good. People around you is good. For his kingdom is good. So if that's you and you've never prayed, you want to get right with God right now, we want to pray with you right now. Maybe you've you've been right, you've walked away, and 
whatever. You just you know you're not right with him right now. And you want to you wanna be right. You want to pray. So whether it's your first time or your next time, I want to pray with you online or here. Online, I'm going to ask you right now, send us a message. I'm praying for the first time. I'm praying for the next time. But make sure you tell us first or next. I just, we just want to know. It's, it's really important that you publicly acknowledge Jesus and that you're getting right with Him. So send us that message right now. In this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up high and say, it's me. I'm, I'm, I'm making a public statement by raising my hand. I'm going to get, I need to get right with Jesus. He's going to be the Lord of my life. I'm giving Him my life. The way He gave His life for me, I'm going to give my life for Him. I need Him. He's the only way I can get to heaven. The only way I can be right with God. And and that's what we're going to do. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up high and then put it down. But you need to make a public statement. And then we're all going to pray after that. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand up if you want to get right with God. Thank you. All over this room. Thank you. Well, awesome. You can put those hands down. Let's pray now with everybody here and online. Say this with me. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. I lay down every idol, everything else I've lived for besides you. Because I believe you love me. And you sent Jesus. And he died for my sins. He took my place on that cross. And you raised him from the dead. And he conquered sin and its power to control me, enslave me in this life, in death's power, in the next. I believe that. And because I do, I ask you, Father, In the name of Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. And I receive your salvation. The Holy Spirit living inside of me, changing my very nature to want to do what is right instead of wrong. Thank you for your freedom. Now teach me, Lord, how to walk and live by faith. I love you. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, church. God's good. He's so good. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.